So our series continues on greater than, which really is about the body, right? We are all together. We're all working together, serving together. And we know that according to God's word, we are greater than as we work together. We're greater than all the problems and struggles and things of life as we work together as the body. We've been talking about that now for a couple, three weeks. It's our third week to, to be in this series. Our third week, we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he gives us, where Paul the apostle gives us a great understanding of what it means to to be a part of the whole, a part of what we are and how God is at work in the whole in order to do what he desires to do. And that really is the key to what we're talking about today. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're starting in verse 14. We'll look at some of these verses and then we'll look at our listening guide for a few moments and make some application of what that looks like. We've made application already to this sermon today as we have introduced our partners and talked about that because we begin to realize that together we're we're able to do so much more for the kingdom of God. And that really is what Paul is speaking about as he talks about the body and belonging to the body. A lot of people go through life hoping to belong to something. Belonging might be the opposite of loneliness. It definitely is a part that we have to have when we go through loneliness in life. A lot of people uh, go through a lot of lonely times. Matter of fact, that may be culturally one of the things that we struggle with the most. We know, for example, that suicide rates are the highest they've been. And as you read some of the things that have been written, loneliness, not being a part of something, is a key indicator of all those things. So how do we take this understanding of belonging to the body and loneliness that occurs in life and begin to say, well, how, how do they work for us as believers? How do they, they come together in a way so that, that we can understand the work of the body and what the body does and how we can get away from this idea of loneliness? And everyone's trying to belong to something, right? I mean, you think about even preschoolers, if you have a preschooler and you send them off to their class and they're trying to to belong to something at a certain age, who are they going to play with, what people are going to be around them, do they feel like that they're accepted in the group, and we, we see all that through life, we see it through the elementary age years, or into, into middle school, where it's a really a strong struggle for a lot of people, where do they belong, where do they fit, we see it in high school students who are trying to fit in, some are, some are with the, the academic crowd, some are with the athletic crowd, some are with the, the theater crowd, and they, they, everybody seems to have their group, right, and they, they want to belong to something, something. And if people don't belong, they feel like, well, I just don't belong to anything. I, I'm not fit for something. I, I don't really see how this works, or I, I feel less than I ought to feel. That happens to so many of us. So many times you get to college, you know, you have sororities and fraternities, and man, can I make this one, or is this going to work? Am I going to fit in here? Am I going to be the right person? Or with groups, you know, with your clubs, we're all looking to belong. I don't think it changes as we get into adulthood. I don't think it changes because we're all looking for those friendships and relationships that become very important for us. Paul understood that. He understood that inside our lives, we are seeking to belong to something. And Paul would say to us that as a follower of Christ, you belong to the body. It's the church to which you belong to. Now, I know there's the, the church with a, the capital C, the church that says that we can partner in Pittsburgh or downtown and we're a part of the, the kingdom 
of God and what that looks like. But Paul is also speaking to the local church body, those who are called out in that local church in Corinth who were going through problems and difficulties. And, and he knew that inside that group of division and struggles and all the things they were going through, there's still this, this idea of belonging and how they need to belong to each other. He talks about that. If you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, he says... Specifically, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? It's a great passage of scripture that reminds us again that we are in this thing together. There's none of us who can live in this long ranger approach. You know, you might remember the old TV show, The Long Ranger, where he was out there just kind of taking care of all the problems all by himself. Now, later on, he gets a, a sidekick named Tonto. But even in the middle of that, he's still the long ranger. He's still doing everything by himself. Yet sometimes I think that's true for Christians, right? We try to live in isolation. We try to live to be able to say we want to do these on our own. We really don't need anyone else. We are the Lone Ranger Christian. But in reality, there's nowhere biblically in our minds or in our understanding that God has developed you in any way to be the long ranger Christian. You have to have other people around you. You have to do that in order to, as he says here in this passage, we are belonging to each other. One of the things that's very important to us to understand, as I have put in your listening guide today, would be that belonging gives us purpose. Belonging gives us purpose. In Luke, the fifth chapter, verse 1 through 11, is a story of Jesus. And Jesus is going out, and he doesn't have the disciples yet. They're, they're not here in the fifth chapter yet. He's just meeting them and getting to know them. Matter of fact, he goes and he's teaching. And after he finishes teaching in Luke chapter 5, he tells Peter and Andrew, brothers who were fishermen, to go out into the water to fish some more. And there's some couple of ideas and a couple of different passages and other the gospels that relate to that. They didn't want to go, but they did go. And uh, the story goes along. They go out and they, they bring in this huge haul of fish. I mean, there, there are fish everywhere. There's so many fish, they, they can't get them inside the boat. They think the boat's going to capsize. And so what they do, in Luke chapter 5 is they call on their partners. John and his brother James, we find out later, are his partners. And they came over to help with all the fish. And Jesus ends that passage in verse 11 by saying, I'm going to not just call you to be fishers of fish, but I'm really calling you to be fishers of men. Now, inside that, he put them together, and he spends the next three years helping them to know how they belong to each other, how they work together, how they live out their life on purpose. And the purpose was so that they could indeed be the kind of people who were about doing fishing, not for just fish to eat, a physical life, but 
fisher of men so that they might have people, help people find eternity and eternal life. That became their purpose. So belonging helps us to understand their purpose. Understand your purpose as a part of the church. That's what our growth track is. How else God gifted you? And then how do you fit into all that's happening into the life of Graceland as a local church? Where is that, where is that place that you feel comfortable? That place that God has gifted you with your talents and your strengths and your spiritual giftedness. So you know that your purpose inside the life of the church is real. God has designed us that way. For some who might think that I can live outside the church and I can do whatever I want outside the church, I might love Jesus but not love the church, that's a non-biblical view because the Bible would say that Jesus has died for the church. The bride of Christ is the church. And so us being a part of the church is what Paul is speaking to. Now that purpose brings about as we are understand that we are created, those three blanks there, we are created for community, we're fashioned for fellowship, and we're formed for a family. We're created for community, we're fashioned for fellowship, and we're formed for a family. God wants us to be the family of God. That's how the Bible refers to us. And so in order to be a family, you have to belong to something, right? You have to, to feel a part of what's going on. Elizabeth and I are thrilled that our daughter Bethany is back in town. Uh, Bethany, come up and let me introduce you to you. You guys don't know Bethany. She hasn't been here with us. Uh, Bethany is our, uh, not our youngest, but the next one up. Bethany has been de- spent three years in South Asia. And she's been over there in a big country doing a lot of work, working with their mission agency there, teaching there. Um, doing a lot of things, and we're thrilled to have her back. Three years she's been gone. She's been home a couple of times during that, but she's back for a while. She's going to be starting to school, working on a master's, and we're just glad to have her back. She's just wonderful. Look at that. Man, they love you already. But Bethany, one of the things that we, we learned when she was there, obviously family is very important, and so we could, you know, FaceTime her and do all those kind of things occasionally when she was able to do that. But there were some other folks there, other folks serving uh, in the mission world, doing some things that really became her family. Uh, and she spent time with them. And for three years, they have loved her uh, in a great way. And we have been so thankful for them because when she was lonely or when she needed something, uh, we couldn't give her that hug or do something for her. We knew that there was a family on the other side of the world who was caring for her. Why? Because we belong to each other. That's how God works. That's how God has designed us to be able to do that. So when we understand our purpose, and we understand that inside that purpose, God has created us for community and for fellowship and for family, we know that our purpose is being fulfilled as we do the things we do together. Second, belonging gives us opportunity to speak into our culture. And I think that, man, I wish I had just so much time to to nail this down and to talk a lot about it because our culture is struggling so much. Our culture is that individualism of the American culture that says, I can do it. I don't need your help. I can do it. I can do it my way. I want to do it this way. All the things that come through that. Yet when we began to see the church and belonging together, we began to say we can speak into our culture and what the culture is saying, we can, we can counter that culture by saying that's not who we are in Christ. That's not who Christ is. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, the first thing we see is that we learn to love inclusively. And that's what he tells us in this Galatian passage. He gives us the understanding. Now he's going to talk about love over in the next chapter, which we're not going to get to today. But in chapter 13, he's talking talking a lot about love, and he's talking about how love is going to make the difference. And if we're going to belong to a family, that's going to be the key ingredient. 
And he tells us that we need to learn, learn to love in an inclusive kind of way. That means we are loving every person that we're coming in contact with. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 tells us that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us in a way that we're going to love each other. In Galatians, I'm missing that, okay? 3.28. In Galatians 3.28, he tells us, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. That's what belonging is. You're one in Christ Jesus. There's no difference. So how do we love people who are not like us, who don't live like us, who may not act like us, who live in a different part of the town that we might live in? How do we love in such a way to include everyone around us? Because that would be what we would say that the gospel drives us to. A love that's inclusive of those around us. The second thing that I would say about this is that we learn to love sacrificially. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. That's in 1 John chapter 3, not John 3.16. But 1 John 3.16 where he says clearly... This is how we know that what love is. Here's that love idea again. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions, sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? So he tells us not only are we loving inclusively, but we're also loving sacrificially. We're going to be able to give as people in the body need. We're going to be able to take care of the needs of those around us. That's what belonging to the body is. And that's a challenge for the church today. That's a challenge for our culture today because we live such individual lives. We think people uh, should take care of this. If you go back to Act chapter 2 and you see the forming of the church and it's, it's bringing all things together in order to belong to community. And then third, we learn to love practically. John 13, 5. In this passage in John 13, something very unique happens. Jesus is with his disciples now, and he is with them, and time is coming to a close, and he's the master, right? He's the guy that's been pouring into them for three years. Yet in this John 13 passage, he takes a towel, puts the towel around him, and does something that only happens in a strange kind of way in the New Testament, in the sense of the only person that could wash the feet of another person was one, either your household slave or your servant or somebody that you hired even for the day. They may not have been a servant or a slave in, in our context or the way that we may have even thought about it, but they may have been someone who you hired to help you, right? And so they could wash your feet. The only other person that could wash your feet was your spouse, it was a relationship piece. Husbands and wives did that often in the New Testament. Uh, as they would come in from their journey, they would wash each other's feet. Jesus took this towel and he came to his disciples and he sacrificially on his knees washed their feet. Why? To show them very specifically, not just to talk about love, but to practically show them what it is. It's a bringing ourselves to a place where we're helping the person beside us. Not only did he show them that we are to be servants, all of us are to be servants. That's what he was showing us. We are all, according to God's word, slaves to Christ. That's what he calls us. We are servants to others. But he also wanted to show that relationship. A relationship of love and caring. 
being willing to do the lowest task for a person who's part of the body. Now, I know that challenges us sometimes. I know that sometimes that's hard for us to fully grasp and understand, but that's, that's what belonging really means. In the next section on your listening guide, belonging gives us our community of relationships. To fill in the blanks, we say we belong to his forever family. When you become a follower of Christ, it is forever. It's eternity. We form one body and every member belongs to all the others. That's what he tells us in Romans chapter 12. Every member belongs to all the others. It's an ownership issue. What do you mean somebody owns me? What do you mean somebody can ask me to do something? See, in our individualized culture, that's hard to understand. But in the New Testament, that's what Jesus was telling us. And then we do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. We are to do good to people. We belong to the church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41 47, he talks about the church. And the word church in the New Testament is the word ecclesia. It has to do with being called out. It has to do with being the called out ones who are, who are together as the body. People around you are lonely. People around you are struggling. People around you need for you to be the part of the body that God has called you to be. Now, you can't be a part of the body, of course, if you're not a follower of Christ. That's the beginning place, right? To be able to bring ourselves to a place where the Bible would teach us that we confess with our hearts, believe in our mouths, believe with our hearts, confess with our mouths that we're going to be saved. And out of salvation is a, is a forgiveness of sin and a cleansing us and making us right with the Father. Only the righteousness of God can do that in our lives. The righteousness of Christ, what he has done for us on the cross, dying for our sins, raising from the dead so that you might have life. That is the beginning place. But for many, if not most of us in the room, our Christian lives, our lives are saying, how do we belong to the body? What, is that, what does that mean for us as we learn to love inclusively, as we learn to love sacrificially, as we learn to love practically in our community, in our church? Well, the Bible would teach us that it's for our good that we're doing that, and it's for the good of the others that that happens as we even read that passage really all these things of belonging to the body has with them the understanding that we're glorifying God. It's for our good, the good of others, but really it's the glory of Christ. It's the glory of who he is. It's the fact that as a non-believing community sees the body of Christ, loving, belonging, caring, they begin to say, what is it about these Christians that are different? That's what they did in the first century. It's what they've done ever since. What is it about this church that's different? And the answer is always is, it's the love. It's the love they have for each other. It's the love they have because they belong to the body. And because they belong to the body, they're willing to sacrifice. They're willing to do what has to be done for those around them. Why? Well, for their good and for the good of the others, but so that God can be glorified.